Anybody here? And uh, I don't think the fountains are going to be a problem. No. Look at this. We have got lemons. These are lemons. 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 And tangerines out the wazoo. Although I'm eating the tangerines pretty fast, I'm, I'm starting to worry. We got to get the seeds and plant another one of these trees because these trees specifically like earthships. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and the gardenias, $30 a pop. That's worth $30 right there, smell wow. it. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, this is like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? This is 7,000 feet in the mountains of New Mexico. We're coming in and looking at hibiscus and lemons and gardenias and grapes and roosters crowing and of course roosters are out of the picture. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, hello. All right. Well, uh, I want to, I have a, a bunch of thoughts that are these are thoughts. They're not. They're. They are backed up. I'm going to refer constant, maybe constantly to things to Google to back up what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm speaking the truth. Let's just say everything I'm saying is opinion. I'm not saying this is fact because uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to have to defend the fact. Uh, this is what I believe from my research, from 50 years of research, to hear you know, uh, six months, five months of research uh, in these two different fields. So what I'm talking about is, here's the title of what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is Earthships and Cancer, the similarities. And, I'm, and the subtitle of that is Clinical Trials and Case Studies. There are clinical trials in earthships and cancer. There are case studies in earthships and cancer. And I'm, since I got cancer, there, I'm seeing these parallels and I can't shut up about it. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. So I'm just gonna run through the things that I have seen and this, could, this is gonna go on. This is episode one of earthships and cancer because I'm not getting rid of cancer anytime soon, and I'm not getting rid of earthships anytime soon. So, uh, probably until I croak, uh, this is earthships and cancer, and it's free. Take it or leave it. Um, I am, I'm actually inspired about it. Uh, who, who gets inspired about having cancer? I don't know. Uh, sick individual. So, the situation is this. Um, cancer feeds on the bad things we do to our body. Now, what I'm saying are the bad things that we do to our body, I didn't know it, but now I do. And you can, you can Google this kind of stuff and find out all kinds of information to, to find out that I'm not just completely bullshitting. But cancer feeds on the bad things that we do to our body, like, you know, nuclear power and things like that, of course. 
But it, it feeds on some other stuff that comes from gamma rays and whatever, and exposure and whatever. But really, what are the bad things that we do to our body? Animal products, meat and dairy. Dairy is the foremost animal uh, product that cancer loves. I'm sorry to say it, but uh, check out the book called The China Study. Google it. Google the author, uh, TCC, uh, TC, I forget his name, but check out the China study. The guy's got a website. He's a doctor. He's a scientist. He is accredited. He is involved. From what I found from his stuff, cancer does to our bodies it feeds on the things that we do bad to our bodies and the bad the worst things we do to our bodies are got milk you know dairy casein in milk products cancer loves it it's like it's like lighting up cancer oh boy here comes some casein i'm going to grow that's what can that's what milk products do and and we are being sold them on tv got milk you never outgrow your need for milk. I mean, this guy that wrote this book started, was born and raised on a, on a dairy farm. So look at all this stuff. Okay, then it goes on into animal products. I'm not going to give you his same story. Get his same story from him. I'm drawing the parallel between cancer feeds on the bad things we do for our body. And we're kind of like a cancer at Earthship. We're feeding on the bad things that humans do to the planet. What are the bad things that humans do to the planet? They throw out garbage everywhere. We're feeding on that garbage. We're getting strong because of that garbage. We're using tires and cans and bottles that humans throw away. We are a cancer. We are feeding on the bad things that humans do to this planet. Humans throw sewage into the rivers and streams. We want that sewage. We intercept that sewage. We, we turn that sewage into gold like cancer turns milk into more cells that take over your body. We are, we are like a positive cancer. And cancer can be positive or negative. I mean, it's a negative cancer that's got me right now. But I'm saying there are parallels. I'm trying to learn from these parallels. So cancer is doing the same thing to my body that earthships are doing to the earth only in an inverse way. We are feeding on the bad things and we are getting fat. I mean, we are doing good. We're the richest people in the world because we want your shit and your garbage. So what we're saying is cancer is super rich because the meat industry and the food industry and the dairy industry just keeps on getting lobbyists to go to Congress to to make it easier to sell milk and meat to the people. And cancer is loving it. Cancer is getting fat. Cancer is happening. And so there's, you know, there's a parallel right there. And we are and, and we are experiencing that. I'm experiencing that. And I wasn't before. So I'm saying like why? Like like why why is my big question? So, uh, 50 years ago, some engineer, old engineer, dead now I think, 
I didn't even keep up with him. He explained to me, I was just getting into, what is this thing with the sun coming in to heat houses? I mean, this, I'm asking this question 50 years ago of anybody. I, I just was getting aware of it or something. And so I looked at it, and I had questions, and I didn't know who to ask. So I asked this engineer, what, do you, what is this thing of thermal mass and solar gain and... He said, yeah, well, it's, I, I knew it's obvious when the sun comes in your south windows, it, get, it heats up your house, but the heat goes away as soon as the sun goes away. He said, make a pond in your house and you'll store the heat because heat is stored in dense mass. And so I'm sitting here with fountains going and two ponds all around me. That's what keeps this greenhouse from freezing, by the way. You know, take the Earthship Academy. I'll tell you to do things to back up everything. Take the Earthship Academy. Um, the online academy, or, or Google this guy that I'm talking about with the China study, or there's another book out there called uh, How Not to Die. These things compare to the Earthship concept in terms of uh, patterns. And so this engineer told me, build a pond into your house. Well, nobody's, not that many people are going to build a pond into their house, so it's not going to work. Although if it meant your life, I'll bet you for sure you'd build a pond into your house. But it wasn't your life because the gas company and the electric company and the coal company and all that, they're all giving you power so that you don't have to build a pond into your house. You got to, you know, if this is your choice, build a pond into your house and make some solar windows or pay the nuclear power plant to give you power, maybe less money. Well, you're probably going to go the easiest route. But as times change, it's the easiest route is no longer the easiest route. So anyway, the guy, the, the engineer told me, build mass in your house. He told me what dense mass was. Dense mass is, is water, stone, packed, rammed earth, you know, things like that. So I spent years figuring out how to I started building aluminum cans of water into my house. That was token. I started building, um, then finally I started pounding tires, dirt into tires, both thinking that tires need to be used. So if I can beat dirt into them, they become a structural element as well as a, a mass element that holds temperature. So I spend all this time developing things about mass and learning. And I have to say, I learned by, by physical experience. Like an experience I had about mass was I had a room in one old house that I built when I first came to Taos, old room. And it was built well, it looks cool. But it was cold. It was kind of on the northeast side. It was just a cold room. I just, it was a cold room. And I used and I got used to it as such. Well, I got into solar and trying to build mass into houses, and I made a deal with some uh, beer company, beer canning company in Tucson, Arizona, and they agreed to can me some water. They thought it was kind of a cool idea that I was going to build water into houses. You know, six inches of water. So so what? It it was something. But anyway, this cold room was empty, and, at two, and the Tucson, Arizona Beer Brewing Company was going to send me K-1 
canned water in a truck. And they did in an 18-wheeler full of, you know, hundreds of cases of canned water. They delivered the canned water. And I was not around, so I had some guys on my crew receive it. And I think it was late fall. And it came from Tulsa. I mean, from Tucson. Hot Tucson. And it came in the sun. And all of that water in those cans heated up. And they unloaded it and put it in my room. And so they let me, they let me know that the, the water arrived. And so at the end of my workday, I went there to see my water that I was going to build into a house as an experiment. And I went in the room. And I always when I go in that room, the first thing that hits my mind is, this is a cold room, cold. I went in the room and it was fucking warm. So I'm like... What is going on here? I've been in this room. I've entered this room so many times. And the first thing my mind does is say, this is cold. This is biting cold. And I go in this room and it is warm. That was my experience with mats. You don't have to prove to me, to me with formulas, data. You don't have to tell me nothing else. I saw it. I felt it. That was the day I started believing in thermal mass. It's physics. It is non, it is unarguable. So that's how I learned about thermal mass and I became a fanatic and I started building it into buildings. And now let me take you to another story. As I built it into buildings, I got buildings built and I started saying, okay, I used aluminum cans filled with water. Big deal, that helped a little. See, the, my whole room was filled to the ceiling with aluminum cans filled with water. The ratio of thermal mass, warm thermal mass to the room was almost 80 to, to 100. You know what I mean? I had so much mass, so that just overtook the situation. But it proved the point. And so I built those cans six inches thick into the perimeter walls inside the building and insulated the outside and it helped it was kind of a warmish building but six inches is nothing so i evolved on into pounding dirt into tires and that gave me a two and a half foot thick wall of thermal mass and that started to make a difference and it, and the development goes on in the history of our ships and you can take the academy to find out more but uh online academy but uh, our our physical academy but That's the story of thermal mass. It's real. It's physics. And so then, I think I've got it. And so I get buildings built out there that when it's 30 degrees below zero Fahrenheit, I've got 60 degrees inside the house, maintaining overnight. And I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is the shit. And so I start doing it. And I get somebody that sues me. You know why they sue me? Because there is a rule in the documents of architectural laws by, uh, I don't know what it is, code, regulation, that any building must maintain 71 degrees Fahrenheit, winter, summer, day or night with, you know, gas and electric heating systems, no matter what. 
you must maintain 71 degrees at 40, 70 degrees, I think, at 41 inches off the floor. That is a code regulation. I was breaking that because I was 60. But see, that 70 degrees depends on, depends is the key word, depends on gas and electricity. If the gas goes out and or the electricity goes out, the toilet bowl in that building freezes. Whereas in this earthship that I got sued about, there was no gas and electricity because it was solar. And so at 30 below zero Fahrenheit, the building got down to 60 degrees. The woman got on to the law that it had to be 70 and she sued me. And I hated her. I hated the situation. I'd still hate that kind of a situation. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So they fined me. They put a strike against my architectural license, which they eventually took. But in New Mexico, and I won't go into that now, but I suffered because of that. So I just dug in more. And so I said, I'm going to make this a thermos bottle. I've got the thermal mass, but it still dissipates into the earth around it. So I created what we call a thermal wrap. I took four inches of rigid insulation with an R factor of 45 or 40-ish down all around this thermal mass so that it couldn't dissipate its heat into the earth. It could only dissipate it, release it into the room. There was no place else for the heat to go. Now that heat is not called on. This is physics. Until the airspace in the room gets lower then the temperature, the temperature of the airspace in the room gets lower than the temperature of the thermal mass. <coughs> so, when that airspace gets lower, just the instant that it does, the thermal mass starts leaking its temperature. We go into this more in the academy. And the reason it does it is because there's no place for it to go, otherwise it was dissipating out, releasing into the earth. And there was only a little to come into the room. But it was still enough to keep it at 60 degrees. I blocked it. I blocked it with insulation. And I blocked it because this woman sued me. I blocked it because they ruled against me. I told the woman judge. I said, no, it wasn't a woman judge in this case. That was in France. I told the judge, look. This is a, to me, this is a breakthrough. This is a success story. You've got conventional buildings that hold 70 degrees when it's minus 30 Fahrenheit outside. But if the gas and the power goes down, the toilet bowl will freeze. Here is an earthship where I'm getting sued and if the gas and the, and the electricity goes down, she's still going to be at 60 degrees. She's at 60 degrees. Not life-threatening no matter what. The other way, if the gas and the electricity go down, it is life-threatening. This is what I was dealing with. Nobody cared. The judge didn't care. She says, too bad, you're breaking the rule. We're fining you and we're putting a strike against your license. That's what I went through because nobody would listen. But I was blown away by already what I'd seen. So I put the thermal wrap in and yes, now, to this at this day, point in time you give me minus 30 or 
upwards of 104 outside Fahrenheit. I'll give you 70 degrees inside. I know how to do it. And now, one more little story on the thermal mass before we go to cancer. I was getting 68, 72, things like that. So we did an infrared study on the inside of a global model Earthship. And we saw, you know, the infrared shows reddish everywhere, except where there are breaches, where it's colder than the required temperature, the desired temperature, and that shows blue-gray. So I saw these blue-gray places, not many, but a few, around the inside of this infrared-tested global model Earthship. So I took those places, you know what I mean? I smell gardenias right now. That's because right behind me, there's gardenias blooming in this Earthship. You know, just a side note, uh, as well as food. But in the infrared test, I saw the blue-gray in a few places, not much, but a few. So I went to the drawings and I looked at that place in the drawings that was the same as the place where I've seen blue-gray. And I saw that the details showed the roof insulation and the wall insulation coming up and a space, you know, a six or eight inch space. The cold was coming in and reading out on the infrared. So I immediately changed the drawings, locked in all those spaces. <coughs> That's why <coughs> global model airships keep getting better is because we keep learning more. So now I am at 70 with these buildings. If we build them, if we control the building of them, if we supervise, or if we use our drawings, whatever, because we know experience after experience after experience, and there are 20 or 30 more of them I'm not going to go into, showed us the physics, the raw, unarguable physics of a global model airship, all brought on by some scientists telling me what the physics was, but still, We've got it. We've got unarguable proof in physics. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because energy is being made and sold. Energy is being created at the raping and pillaging of the planet and then sold to people. And there is an industry there of providing energy nobody wants to hear. Some little dipshit architect out in New Mexico screaming about thermal mass and the physics of it. And that is still true today. Our market is minimal. And I don't care about our market because I'm not into money. I don't need any money. Hell, I'll be dead soon. But the thing is, I want people to know this. Now, that's what's going on. The energy lobbies, I've got stories about the energy that, you know, like, I'll get back to them maybe because I think I'm going to switch to cancer. We got nobody caring about the physics of thermal mass. There is no money in it. You can't sell thermal mass because it's free. So we got it. Economy drives everything. So let's take that same thing now for a minute. Now, switch over to the cancer argument. The biology and physics and chemistry of cancer. Un, unarguably, un, unarguably, when presented, shows that animal products, from animal eating the animal itself to its milk, cheese, 
dairy, eggs, whatever. And milk being the worst. Feed cancer. Not only cancer, but other things, heart disease, diabetes, and so on. But we're talking about cancer now. And Google the book. Google the China study. Google how to not die. And there's so much more. And there's even a website by the guy who wrote the China study. I think it's T.C. Campbell, something like that. But I'm not hawking their books. I am hawking this concept. This, it's not even a concept. It is a fact. Thermal mass in airships is a fact. I evolved it, evolved it, evolved it. I was stupid at first. I was doing six inches of thermal mass, and it had a little bit of an effect. Well, a vegetarian diet may have a little bit of an effect, but a lot of vegetarians eat fish. A vegan diet may have even a little more effect, but vegans eat different things too. Forget vegan, this is my opinion, forget vegan, forget vegetarian. They're not powerful enough. They're like what I was doing in the early days of thermal mass. You're talking. The stuff you put in your body must be whole food. By whole food, I mean not processed. Somebody wants me to eat soy dogs later today instead of hot dogs because I love hot dogs. I'll probably eat them. But soy dogs are processed. In the process process, things get screwed up. People are doing soy dogs for money. They could be cutting it with hot dogs. Who, who knows? You know, you can't trust things that are sold for money, although I'm still doing that a little bit, but I'm fading past. You can't trust it if it's a money product. That's why this webinar is free. <laughs> I don't care whether you trust it or not. It's the truth. So, food from animals causes cancer. That sounds like some kind of evangelistic statement. Study the biology and the physics. I'm not here to, to give you the biology and the physics. I'm just like I'm not here to give you the biology and the physics of, of thermal mass. I'm here to tell you what I learned about thermal mass. I'm here to tell you what I learned about the biology and the physics of plant-based versus animal products. You know, in a way you could get all philosophical and say cancer is karma to the human to humanity because they're not supposed to kill animals. Maybe we're just not supposed to kill animals. You know, animals are creatures. I love animals. I love horses. I love dogs. I mean, dogs love me. Horses love me. I mean, uh, yet I've eaten horse meat. <laughs> I've probably eaten dog meat. Um, I mean, I used to say, I used to say I'd eat a human if I was hungry enough. I'd eat a Volkswagen if I was hungry enough. Shows you how cocky and stupid I've been and still am. I will swear right here on public television <laughs> I will not eat any more animals or animal products in my life my life might be short it might be too late but it might not be in other words you know I just found out about this and my cancer has progressed there's cancer that begins and is registered and then it then it's uh, I forget there's three stages, mine is the last stage. It's progressed, it's progressed into my body. 
But there is evidence that and see, I, you don't, you see me right now. I'm not dying. I'm happy. I'm not, I don't have oxygen in my mouth. I'm not keeling over. I'm happy. I'm pounding tires. Maybe I can keep it to be right where it is right now. I'd be fine with that. And I think I can do that. I have to do that. And the only way I can do that is once I got to believe in this biology and this physics, I'm not going to give any food to that cancer. And there are other things, a few other things, but they're not too serious. You know, exercise. Well, I'm pounding tires religiously every day. I'm working physically every day. Exercise gives you oxygen, so exercise is part of it. Exercise is part of the biology and the physics of the situation. Cancer doesn't like exercise and oxygen. Cancer needs animal products. Not exclusively. It can find other things, but my guess is somewhere around 80% cancer needs animal products and specifically casein, which is specifically dairy products. So if I shut off the food supply to cancer and feed it and feed my body oxygen and only whole foods plant-based, and I say whole foods is the beet that you pull out of your garden and chop up and put in your blender. That is a whole food. A soy dog is a half of a whole food. It's vegan or something, but it's not a whole food. You Processed food involves humanity and money. You cannot do that. Certainly you can't do processed meat and processed milk and processed cheese and all of those things are about money. The more of this cancer you put into your body, the more somebody gets rich. Everything about the changing of the world in terms of housing that will take care of people and diets that will take care of people and housing that will take care of the planet and diets that will take care of the planet, it's pretty much got to be not-for-profit. It's pretty much got to be the truth. And you're not going to get the truth when there's profit. It, which brings me to a brief discussion on supplements. Well, everybody's gotten on to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's different supplements that are really good. Uh, different, let's call it things in plants that are really good, like vitamin C in oranges or uh, lycopene in tomatoes or, or whatever the ingredient is in kale. Uh, so the supplement people started finding out what that was and making supplements and selling pills and creating a big industry there of the pills. But they are, <coughs> supplements are nothing more than processed food. There might be something good in them, but they certainly don't meet their claims. And what is better? Eating a tangerine or taking a cup of vitamin C? I'm afraid it's the tangerine. I've got 200 tangerines on this tree right up here. They're not even tangerines, they're some kind of uh, uh, clone of a, not clone, a, uh, a uh, different vein of tangerine. They're small. They're very tart. I freeze. I take them and freeze them and throw five of them in my juicer every morning with my cancer food. And they are so good. I'm starting to freak out because I don't have another tree like this. I mean, I'm going to grow more trees. These like the earthship situation. And so what I'm saying is a whole food is a tangerine right off of that tree, not a vitamin C cap that some industry capped and refined and 
cut with talcum powder just like they do cocaine or whatever. You cannot trust industry. You know, organic, forget it. It's only Whole Foods. If I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm radical. I'm a fanatic here. I'm sorry. It's only Whole Foods if you pick it out of your garden that you grew. Nobody's trying to fool you out of your garden. And your garden is possible. I'm in earthships every day. I'm in, my, I'm in my own house every day. This morning, what did I do? I went out to my outer greenhouse and I gathered a pars bunch of parsley from a parsley plant that's just going crazy. It just comes back every year. You can't kill it. My dog slept on it. It still keeps coming back. I gathered a big wad of parsley and I walked up and down my hallway and gathered a big wad of kale and I put that in with carrots I bought because my carrots aren't ready yet and beets which I've got a bunch of good beets going and um, there's all these foods that I know and I'll talk about them maybe later or maybe another time that I put in the blender and make a sludge that I've started to get it down to the color and the taste that I want I add more beets for the purple color because I like the purple better than the brown the brown not so good purple fantastic the tart, lemony, tangerine overpowers the bitter taste of the kale and the parsley. But the kale and the parsley are on the top of my list. I've got a list of foods from my research. Just like I've got a list of things that are thermal mass. Water is dense mass. It's the best. How do you build water in your house? Stone is good, but stone's not everywhere. Concrete's not bad, but it's bad to build and to make. Rammed earth beat into automobile tire casings, tire casings that nobody wants, and rammed earth that's everywhere, indigenous to the entire planet, is on the top of my list. It's the best. That's why I do it. Kale is on the top of my list because of the studies that they have taken. Kale juice dropped it on a piece, a cancer cell in a petri dish, and the cancer cell goes, oh, it gets sick. It, it almost dies. Same with parsley, and the same with flaxseed. Flaxseed is cheap. You can buy flaxseed. Don't buy a flaxseed product. You can get flaxseed oil. Maybe that's okay, but you're best with the real, that's what they mean by whole foods, the real whole foods product. Flaxseed is whole food. You take the flaxseed, you put it in a, in a juicer. There's a magic blend or whatever that can take flaxseed and turn it into a, almost a butter but it's kind of a, a powdery butter and I have you I've learned that you need about three tablespoons of that a day I put it on oatmeal I put it on all kinds of things the top three foods that I'm using to fight cancer like the top material I'm using to, to fight to make mass are kale which I grow in my greenhouse parsley which I can't stop it from growing in my greenhouse. And flaxseed. I eat those three things every day no matter what. And they, you drop anyone, all three of those have been done in the Petri dish with the juice, dropped on a cancer cell, and the cancer cell fades. They drop cheese juice or milk juice on the cancer cell, and it flourishes. Enough said. This is, this, there are many, many clinical trials case studies that back this up and then and so in terms of the kale reducing the cancer and the cheese influencing enhancing the cancer these are case studies nobody's going to talk about that 
And the, the, the same reason that nobody's going to listen to me out in the desert or in Mexico screaming about thermal mass because the oil companies are cramming, cramming energy down your throat and, and, and making advertisements on how it's good. And the supplement companies and the drug companies and the meat companies and the dairy companies are cramming great commercials with cleavage down your throat selling you death and death to the planet. And so I'm saying I have learned this and I'm doing it. Now, again, it may be too late, but I think I am. I will not. You know, I may, I have to say, put another margarita down my throat in this lifetime, or a few. I'm trying not to do that. I love them. But everything else, bacon, my, my first love, bacon. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. Dairy, cheese. I'm a cheese man. I told my grandson, I'm a cheese man. There's also the Baskin Robbins guy that lived off his dad's fortune and turned around and wrote a book about how bad Baskin Robbins dairy product was for you. I forget what that one's called. There's so many books and studies out there. I'm surprised some of these people aren't being killed. Uh, I may be killed myself, but what have I got to lose? I'll be dead soon anyway. But maybe not. Maybe I've got enough thermal mass built up. Maybe. So over the last six months since I've been diagnosed, I have slid into this fanatical position, which only in the last three or four weeks have I really gotten fanatical on and am actually making statements that I will live up to for myself, that I will never intake another animal product. And that is because... Uh, I want to live. And, and you can then go into all of the issues of how we're destroying the earth, creating the cattle that we milk and butcher, and not to mention the, can, the animal dis mistreatment. There's so many avenues there, so many other talks, so many other episodes. But what I'm saying now is this is the beginning of a journey. And I will report on it for free to anybody that wants to listen because I have done the Earthship journey for 50 years and I found gold. I found gold. I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but the best thing I can do is build it in every country and have people walk in an Earthship in Finland or walk in an Earthship in France, which they're doing right now. And it's working. Walk in an Earthship here in New Mexico. It's working. I've got a lot of them out there that don't work due to various things that I was involved in or not. And just like there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of study on plant-based foods that, are, that people had to you know, learn from. In other words, you can't, you can use plant-based, but it can't be in a pill. It's got to be from the plant. You've got to refine it. You've got you to refine your thinking to the point where you're getting directly from the plant. No man is between you and the plant. And there's so much more in all these avenues. But this is episode one. This is the concept. And I will learn a lot more and present a lot more as I take this journey. Uh, but it has is, is made me dig in as hard with plant-based foods, whole foods plant-based eating, as I have with thermal mass. I experienced all kinds of negativity and swords and 
and dragons and trolls under the bridge and just people hating me even because I was doing it with the thermal mass and it took 50 years. Right now, I don't have another 50 years no matter what. Narda's maybe the planet. Or Narda to a lot of people. So I've got to take what I learned from Earthship and cram it into the next five years or something like that on this plant-based thing. What's really cool is that Earthships grow this food. So there's like, it's part of the same argument. Earthships grow my kale that is doing nothing harmful to the planet and keeping me alive. And the Earthship is doing nothing harmful to the planet and keeping me alive. Chances are, if you're doing nothing harmful to the planet, it's not going to harm you either. So, there is so much more. This is the beginning. Thanks for listening. Episode 2 will be coming as soon as I dream it. Thank you. Bye-bye.